Reading six. Today is part conversation and part poetry reading with Grace Kelly. Grace is a writer, a mom, a poet from Colorado. Go follow her on Instagram and follow the link to sign up to get her poetry dropped in your inbox once a week. She's writing one poem a week through the Lent season, and her words amount a lot to me. I know they will for you, too. Yeah, with this Lenten season, I just thought, hey, you know, so first of all, I'll say I've been writing poetry pretty much my whole life, but it's taken until recently for me to, like, realize that it could actually bless other people, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I was just too worried about being misunderstood or whatever, things like that before, because poetry is, like, maybe more vulnerable or, you know, can be more easily misinterpreted or whatever. So I have been more writing more poems recently and sharing them and have gotten a lot of feedback. Um, it's been really positive and encouraging. So I thought, well, I'm just going to write one poem per week for the season of Lent. So I'm actually writing them as I go. So I'm writing the third one um, in for this real week time. now. In That's real time, yes. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really fun. It's just been a stretching experience. And um, yeah, I wanted to take time to reflect on how this last year has affected, you know, Lent and how um, I'm viewing like the leading up to Easter um, in light of all those things. So yeah. some of them are really personal and some of them are more like focused on thinking through like Christ's last like days on earth and like what that original Lent, I guess, season mm -hmm. looked like for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. Yeah. What's coming up in you personally as you um, as you're coming up with these poems, is there any, like, themes or words or thoughts that you keep coming up with that, like, in light of this last year, which seemed like the longest Lent ever, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it feels special in some ways, too, to, to be more intentional in this season, um, so is there anything specific that keeps coming up in you as you write these poems? Well, well, I think um, just the season we've been through has been such a season of, like you said, it's been almost like a long Lent season. Like it's been a season of stripping away. It's been a season of loss. Um, I think everyone has felt that in some way or other. For me personally, I actually lost two grandparents last year. Neither of them to COVID, but, yeah. <laughs> but still I lost two grandparents and, um, you know, just a lot of other things that were really hard. Um, you know, having to do with the pandemic and also not. And um, so things that are coming up for me are just the themes of resurrection, the themes of like life that comes from death, um, ashes and the beauty that can spring forth from them. That feels right. That feels really right. The life that comes from death. I keep thinking about that too. Like maybe all of everything is burning down for new stuff to grow that's mm -hmm. and a little more um pure maybe yes totally yeah yeah like for myself I realized um you know I I I call myself a recovering uh perfectionist and a recovering people pleaser <laughs> mm -hmm. um and this last year it was just crazy to see how much God even refined that even more and just like I wasn't around very many people at all, like, except for my kids, who, of course, you know, our kids don't 
um, appreciate us very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you make a delicious dinner and they're like, that smells like poo and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, great. So yeah. like my, my desire to be like appreciated or praised or in any way, like acknowledged for the work I was doing was basically like completely eliminated for mm-hmm. almost, you know, for almost that entire year. Um, with the exception of my husband's kind words. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just like, wow, you know, I feel like God showed me in that vacuum, like it felt like such a vacuum, like that his, you know, his approval obviously is what needs to be enough always and forever, you know, hit what he says is what is actually true. So, yeah. Uh, this is the question that you don't have to answer, but what made you decide to go back words into poetry which feels a lot more vulnerable than than writing a blog post during this during this time what made right now the right time to show that side of yourself more yeah well so i i wrote a lot of poems last year probably more than i've written in a really long time because like i said for the longest time i've just had a hard time like considering my poetry to be my quote-unquote serious work which Sounds ridiculous because I would never tell someone else your poetry is not serious work. Like I think poetry is very serious work, mm-hmm. but for myself, I don't know. I kept like trying to box myself in, like as a writer, like, well, you're supposed to be this. You're a blogger, so you need to do blah 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 and whatever. Um, and uh, I wrote almost an entire book of poems about grief last year with my grandparents' loss and everything. And I just started sharing some of them and <laughs> I got like the literal best compliment I could have ever gotten on one of these poems I, I posted. It was called The Anvil. And um, this woman commented and said, I feel like you're sitting with me in my grief. Hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, is this really what my poetry can do? Like this poem that came out of like the deepest depths of my own like frustration and anger and sorrow. Um, makes her feel less alone and like she's got a friend in her own grief. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I can no longer keep this to myself (laughs) if that's what's, you know, if that's what it can actually do. And I think God just used that to show me that yes, your poems actually can, can go out and do things. They're not just for you. Um, Because I think because they're not as explicit, they're not as like, well, believe God about this. And then this good thing will happen. Um, I just, wasn't seeing that connection to the reader as much. Um, And of course, I mean, (laughs) I did actually go to college for creative nonfiction and poetry and in secular colleges, poetry that ends on any kind of hopeful note is pretty much um, (laughs) despised. They tell you, you should go work for Hallmark. So (laughs) I think I probably had a little, maybe some scarring from that as well that I had to go over. (laughs) Oh, that's a, that's a great, story. I love that. That feels very true with any of the creators around me that I know when they kind of return to their roots of the thing that like moves them, but they're like, I don't know, this, this feels too weird or maybe not useful to show to other people. That's the thing that really like gets in there and really like Mm -hmm. elicits a response. I love that. Yeah. Well, I am so honored that you are going to read one of your poems for me. I've loved your poetry and writing. So will you tell me what you've chosen and tell me um, 
a little bit of the backstory behind it. Okay, yeah. So I would love to read my poem, Ash Wednesday, um, even though it's not Ash Wednesday when this airs, but I think it still applies. <laughs> um, and the background of this poem is um, I live in Colorado. And like many places last summer, Colorado was completely on fire. And um, we spent this one wild apocalyptic feeling day on Labor Day, actually, last summer, um, working at a friend's farm, trying to help them bring in the veggies because it was about to snow wow. in September, which it was, was way too early, way too early. They were going to lose a huge percentage of their crops. Um, so we were just trying to help them get in everything from the field they could. And meanwhile, the sky is black at noon. It's dark. Like they had to turn lights on outside so we could keep working because of all the smoke from the nearby wildfire, which is now like the record setting fire in Colorado. Um, and uh, there were literal like ashes falling on us all day. We were actually kind of glad that we had to wear masks because we were then not breathing in the ash. <laughs> yeah. um, and this woman actually was standing next to me. She was working in the herbs with, with me and um, she caught an entire aspen leaf in her hand, charred. It was completely charred, but it was, you know, a whole leaf that had just floated down. And it was just, it was bizarre and weird. And there was such a grief to that too. And just a year that felt already so full of loss. So like we were losing our, you know, our fall colors had like just started. And we didn't get to enjoy it. It all just burned down, basically. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I just kind of thinking through the themes of ashes and resurrection and um, this, you know, the ashes, the symbolic ashes for um, Ash Wednesday as well, just a reminder of our own mortality and that um, God is really our only hope in the midst of that um, is what inspired this poem. was called Ash Wednesday. Leaves burned last fall, just when yellows and reds should have swept us away with the colors of flame. Instead, aspen leaves dropped charred from the sky dark at noon. They crumbled to dust in our hands, while smoke made it hard to breathe. Thoughts of our own mortality have never been nearer than these masks that hide our faces but not our fears ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Fears coming nearer, like the lines the firefighters drew to protect the houses, the roads, the school campus, and the mountains burning down. Like the lines marked every six feet with signs, reminding us to keep our distance. But it's the loneliness that weighs me down the most. Most days I stare out the window and wonder who are the faithful friends? The ones who'll weather this storm too and stand by my side again when spring finally comes. When fresh leaves emerge from aspens scarred by flames of last year's destruction. It's Ash Wednesday now, a time to think about all that perishes and what remains. What beauty is already standing sentry when the pine seeds are sprouting in glorious resurrection. I know the answer like I know the sound of his voice. In this life so full of loss and lack that burns like smoke in my lungs, there is only one true 
and lasting beauty. One God who put on fragile flesh to kneel in the dirt, to plant himself like a seed sown in tears in a borrowed tomb. Like a pine seed awakened by the flames, just waiting to burst forth.